Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On this week's Visitor's Edition, we will be joined by Army Radio play-by-play voice Rich DeMarco, who is also the Associate Athletic Director at the Academy. Before Rich joins us, let's get it started as we always do with my view from Section 17. In the opener against Middle Tennessee State, I didn't know what to expect. I have to say that as I watched the game, I swung back and forth. I liked the aggressiveness and attacking style of the offense, but the ball handling snafus, the drop passes, the inability to smash it home in the red zone late in the second half on that goal line stand, those things kind of irritated me. I can't say I was unhappy with how the defense did. I mean, we gave up two short field touchdowns, but we were aggressive, fast, and yes, uh, the highlight for me was seeing Ambry Thomas back in action and playing so very well. So overall, I feel really good about the defense. And actually, after watching the game again on Sunday, I came to the conclusion we played much better than I had expected. We just have to clean some things up, and good things will happen for us, I do believe, on both sides of the ball. Every week, though, brings a new challenge, and this week's is very unique. Army comes in with their triple option attack and one of the longest winning streaks in the country. Michigan has the better athletes, no question, but Army will come in here with a well-conditioned, disciplined, mentally tough team. It's a contrast in style, to say the least. Army will try and pound the ball and eat up clock. Michigan will continue to roll out our spread offense and get all of our speed in space. Coaches have long said that the greatest improvement in any season is between weeks one and two. Both Michigan and Army won last week. Both had opening day issues, but they've had a week to clean things up and both teams will be improved this Saturday. My guest today is the Associate Athletic Director at Army and their radio play-by-play voice. Rich DeMarco joins us next, here on The Michigan Man, in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maize and Brew.
Here with us on our visitor segment this week is Army Radio play-by-play voice, Rich DeMarco. Rich, great to have you with us. No, thanks for having me. Early, I'm looking forward to this game on Saturday. Well, I think it's going to be fun. Always is when we have one of the service academies in. And I was thinking this week, I was actually alive the last time Michigan and Army played back in '62 here in Ann Arbor. A wee bit too young to remember uh, what was a 17-7 Michigan win. And I think a lot of Michigan fans, Rich, might be surprised. But Army has a winning record against the Wolverines, don't they? Yes, they do, and it's interesting because. Uh, you know, you look back at the the history, you know, the games in the 1940s and, you know, when, when Army and Michigan were, you know, near the top of the rankings almost every year, it's, uh, it's, it's great to renew these rivalries. And it's been really cool the past few years, you know, Army being able to take on Penn State, uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Oklahoma last year, and really uh, renew some of these, uh, the great rivalries from years past when Army would take on these games. Oh, absolutely. Well, for Army, head coach Jeff Munkin is uh, 35-28 and 28 in his tenure at West Point. In the last three years, it's been a really good run for Army football, though, hasn't it? No, it really has. And, and you look at what he's brought. He's brought an attitude. He's brought a, a system. He's brought a structure of what it takes to win uh, at a service academy. He had you know, great success working under Paul Johnson at Georgia Southern at Navy at Georgia Tech. And really, you know, brought that, that formula. I think for a long time, Army was searching for really how you know to win how to to build a winning program with the you know with with the challenges you have as a service academy and and i think paul johnson for all the service academies you know drew up a great blueprint in his time at navy um from the system to the players to the scheduling everything and i think that jeff munkins brought that um here to west point and you know it's interesting you look at his second year when army was two and ten there were seven games that um that were one drive was was the difference only lost by by one score and the motto of the 2016 team was seven drives and uh and they obviously won you know most of the close games in 16 won almost all of the close games in 17 and really in 18 won all the close games i mean then the Oklahoma game was close but that was just a uh, a game where um, yeah, I guess you could say that. obviously that was a close loss, but that was a game where, you know, Army played so well and was right there against the team, which has me now ended up in the college football playoff. And, and I think that that's the, that's the edge. I think, you know, Jeff Munkin will say in every weekly news conference, there's not a team that Army's going to go against that has players that Army um, offered and got or that offered Army's players on their roster. So Army's always going to have to win games with grit, with determination, with system. And I think it's winning the close games because a lot of these teams, they're going to be, you know, at near same talent level or have a better talent level than Army. So I think the ability to win the close games, I mean, that's literally the difference between 2 and 10 in 2015 and 11 and 2 in 2018. Last year, the team ended up 19th in the AP poll, number 20 in the coaches poll. As you mentioned, 11 and 2 overall, bombed Houston, 70 14 in the Armed Forces Bowl. That is one heck of a season. Yeah, and it really was. It was a dream season. And I think the thing that Jeff Munkin has made clear is that's not the pinnacle for this program. As as well as Army played, the 11 wins, as you mentioned, the bowl win, 70-14 win over Houston, the beating Air Force and Navy for the second straight year, beating both of them, and playing that great game at Oklahoma, even though Army came up short. You know, that shouldn't be the... That shouldn't be the pinnacle. He doesn't want to look back and say, oh, well, Army, you know, topped out at 11-2. and two. You know, he says there's still room for improvement. I think there's room, 
you know, to, to improve the talent level. Uh, there's, there's room to, you know, improve the, always improve, you know, the, the little tweaks and, and things that are going to make the difference with, you know, maybe beating an Oklahoma or, or the opening game last year when Army came out and, and Duke kind of took it to them down in, uh, down in Durham, you know, being able to win a game like that. Well, clearly Jeff Munkin and his staff do a great job coaching these guys, but recruiting uh, always, I'm sure, a challenge for Army because you're recruiting a very particular kind of student athlete. And Coach Munkin yeah. and staff have done a really nice job with that. Yeah, I think the I think it comes down to, and you go back to the '80s, and you know, Air Force really had the, you know, was was the was the best service academy for yeah. a long time mm-hmm. in the '80s. Then you go into the. Uh, uh, you know, and into the 90s as well. And then you go in the 2000s. Normally, Navy were good in the late 90s, mid to late 90s. Then really in the 2000s, it was Navy um, that was the, the best service academy. And now, you know, all three are, are really competitive. And I think it comes down to, you know, a lot of times these three academies, they recruit a lot of the same players. So if you took that group of players who are going to consider going to a service academy, right? Because a lot of times that's going to be a, a first question, yes or no, right? Would you consider playing at a service academy? If that right. first question is yes, that pool of players, you could probably look back to the 80s and 90s and say, well, Air Force was getting most of them. In the 2000s, Navy was getting most of them probably. And now I think it's a good split between the three. I think it's very competitive, the recruiting. Don't know a ton about it. But I think that's the – when you look at where, you know, Jeff Munkin would see this program going, it's, you know, getting the majority of those – FBS prospects mm-hmm. that would consider a service academy. And I think that's where the, you know, when he talks about, hey, 11 and 2 isn't the pinnacle, there's still room for improvement. I think it's, I think that's the margin. It's of, of those prospects that you're recruiting that are going to, that are going to consider a service academy, um, being able to, among those three, get the lion's share in them. That's generally going to determine among Army, Navy, and Air Force, which is going to be the, the Commander in Chief's trophy winner. Well, let's talk about this year's team, Rich, which started the season with a 14-7 win against Rice on Friday night. No discussion about the offense. Really can start without talking about Kelvin Hopkins Jr., the outstanding quarterback. For Michigan fans who have not seen him play, tell us what he means to this team. Uh, it really means everything. Number one from a talent standpoint, and obviously last year became the first Army player to, to run and throw for 1,000 yards mm-hmm. in a season. I think just the his leadership and his his decision making, and it's interesting. Before last year, he wasn't. He was. He had to win the quarterback job last preseason because Ahmad Bradshaw, who was the starting quarterback the previous two years, who had set several Army records rushing yards in a season, had really, in, in a lot of minds, done everything. But he wasn't wasn't a great passer. Didn't really pass the ball all that much. And actually, Kelvin in twenty seventeen was the was the backup who would come in in passing situations. And it's interesting, Kelvin Hopkins' first game was in 2017 against Temple. Army was down by a touchdown with uh, just over a minute left in its own territory. So in that scenario, Jeff Munkin put in Kelvin Hopkins because Kelvin could throw. He was known as the throwing backup. He drove Army down the field to the game-tying touchdown, went to overtime. Ahmad Bradshaw came back in in overtime, obviously, because it was a more even-up scenario. Army ended up winning the game in overtime. So Kelvin went from someone who was kind of thought of as the passing quarterback, not necessarily an option-running quarterback, mm-hmm. to winning the job last offseason, or last preseason, I should say, and then just showing just a tremendous ability, not only to throw, but to run. And it really came at the, culmin- the culminating performance for uh, Kelvin was really that Armed Forces ball. Played two and a half quarters, had an injury in the third quarter, didn't play the rest of the game, and had five touchdowns. 
And I think when you saw the evolution of someone over the course of a year to go from maybe who was um, judged as, oh, he's the thrower, he's not really an option guy, to being able to run the option the way he did and, um, and manage the offense and have that huge game in the Art Forces goal is pretty special. And Kelvin also, when you say what he means, such an engaging personality, a leadership, and just um, just the, the kind of guy you want to rally around when you talk to him, when you interview him. He's a he's a special he's a special guy, and I know you can see what he's done on off the field for this summer team. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him against Don Brown's defense. That's going to be fun uh, Saturday. The offense did lose a lot of firepower actually in the last year's graduation. Darnell Wolfolk, Andy Davidson. Now, Connor Slumka's back. He was injured, I believe, last week. Sandon McCoy's yeah. back. Are they the two guys that will get the bulk of the carries uh, in the backfield? Yeah, Slumka and McCoy, you know, they're, they're going to be in new you know, new roles, you would say, this year. But, yes, they'll get the bulk of the carries. The fullback. Connor Slumka last year was really the short yardage guy. He was the third and one, fourth and one guy that would come in and get that couple of yards. Sandon McCoy, who was, who was young last year as a sophomore, he was, he was really used as a blocker a lot of the times he mm-hmm. was in there. So, for both of them, it's a new role. It's, it's Slomka coming from being a, a short yardage guy to being now an every down fallback and, and Sandon McCoy needing to get used to carrying the ball instead of being in there as a blocker. So it's interesting, uh, you know, new role for both. And I think the other thing is both of them are going to have a higher percentage of fullback carries than last year because you had such depth at fullback. Like you mentioned, uh, having someone like Darnell Wolfolk, Andy Davidson, Kevin Hall, who's a swing guy, he played some fullback and some slotback. Losing those three guys out of a five-deep fullback rotation, mm-hmm. and now you're left with two, Slomka and McCoy. Now we saw Cade Barnard, especially with Slomka being hurt in the Rice game, also saw Rashad Bolton. So there's there's some other depth there, but young depth. But you went last year from similar definite, and then when McCoy, McCoy was young, really working his way in the rotation, and you got to the end of the year with with any one of five guys could come out with the offense. Then it wasn't a matter of someone being benched or not. It was just their rotation, what the situation was. I mean, there was confidence in, in all five of those guys at the end of the year. So it's uh, so it's definitely different because I think it was a tremendous luxury last year to, if you didn't have to, didn't have to tax those fullbacks mm-hmm. with, a, with a huge amount of carries in a game. So I don't think this offense is going to change. I don't think there's going to be uh, – a significant amount of less carries going to the fullback, but that's something that's going to have to be considered. Not as much how many carries McCoy and Slomka are getting, but how quickly the the three, four, and five, and the other five, but the three and four fullbacks can get integrated into the rotation and be able to take some of those carries. With us on our visitors edition this week is Army Radio play-by-play voice Rich DeMarco. Rich, let's move it over uh, and talk about the other side of ball, the Army defense which was statistically one of the very best in college football last year, but they also lost heavily to graduation and lost defensive coordinator Jay Bateman to North Carolina. It's a big transition year for the D, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's a, it's a reloading situation. And I, and I think when you – Jeff Munk will say, hey, you know what, graduating players, that's just part of college football. Mm-hmm. You have good teams, they have good players, those players graduate, and you know it's up to the coaches, it's up to the staff to recruit players that are as good or better than them. So I think we've seen that the past couple of years, especially in the linebacking um, you know, unit you had a couple of years ago, Andrew King and Jeremy Tenth. I think a lot of people thought, oh, my gosh, how are you going to replace him? And James Nautical comes in last year. He was terrific, along with Cole Christensen. Cole is back. Now just cycling in some more uh, linebackers. I think, that's, um, I think that's something where 
you're going to see as the year goes on the depth of this defense and, and the way they've been able to you know, bring down the Jeremiah Lowry at a huge game in the opening game. We saw him a lot toward the end of last year. The secondary is an interesting unit because that unit has, you know, it has really been more experienced beyond its years over the past few years. There's been so many injuries, players leaving the program that, uh, that, that, that unit in particular has been, has had to have young guys step up. And I think now you have such experienced guys in Jalen McClinton and Elijah Riley, both those guys. Elijah Riley had a terrific game against Rice. Jalen McClinton had the the game-winning, game-saving pass breakup late in the fourth quarter. Defensive line, some new faces there. Rod Stoddard and Quabina Bonsu, they both both played well on Friday night against against Rice. And then one other linebacker, I should mention, who's also on the line, He'll, he'll be a rusher. Um, kind of as a fourth defensive line, who's kind of an outside linebacker, Amadeo West, who's come back from a ton of injuries at in ACL, a torn Achilles, and he had as good a training camp as anyone, and, and he played well against Rice. And you mentioned uh, defensive coordinator Jay Bateman moving on to the University of North Carolina. He was mm-hmm. replaced by the safeties coach, John Luce, who was for more than a decade a defensive coordinator at Lafayette in the Patriot League. He was also part of the Army staff in the 1990s, uh, especially the year 1996, where Army uh, defeated Navy and Air Force, won the Commander-in-Chief's Trophy, which was Army's last Commander-in-Chief's Trophy before 2017. So John Lewis has been with the program in this stint since Jeff Munkin took over as head coach. So it was pretty seamless. Jay Bateman was known for pressure and bringing people, blitzing, and John Lewis is much the same. Uh, So I think the hope there is that you don't see any drop-off, any transition, because the philosophy of the defense is going to stay the same. But I'd say from a uh, from a personnel standpoint, the defensive line probably has the most new players. Amadeo West, Jeremiah Lowry, they're helping out, uh, filling the roles in the linebacking core. And then the secondary, and we'll see, they'll be tested. I know on Saturday uh, at Michigan Stadium, the secondary is really the the veteran strong part of this defense. Well, last week, Army opened with a 14-7 win over Rice, a very hard-fought game. Talk about that win and some of the positives uh, you took away from that game. Well, you look at the at the end of the day, the defense gave up seven points. So when the defense gives up seven points, you would think, you would think you're going to win the game and maybe win it uh, fairly easily. Army's offense, just, uh, just never... I think it's more, as we never got in sync, but I think it was more the way the Rice defense played. And Rice had a lot of young guys, one senior on their defensive TV. They played well. Army was, you know, in the first half having a tough time getting a push from the offensive line to really uh, get that running game churning and going. Army, ironically, in the first quarter, went for a fourth down at its own 15-yard line and didn't get it. And uh, unfortunately, the defense held Rice to a field goal attempt, which they missed. So it was a net no. No point lost there. But Army's two scoring drives went 95 and 96 yards. So when Army needed to, they were able to really drive the ball down, especially in the fourth quarter. It's like as we, as we talk about, you know, pounding the rock. You know, it's not going to be the first couple times you, you, you hit it, but it's going to break. But then at some point, after you're doing it a while, you'll start getting some openings. And that's what we saw really in the fourth quarter on that touchdown drive. Army was also – really uh, beleaguered with, with tough field position the whole game. Started a drive at its four-yard line, at six-yard line, at five-yard line, at 18-yard line. So Army's average starting position was well inside their 20-yard line. Rice's average starting position was out near their 35. So you couple all that together, and it also being the first game, and, hey, 
as I like to say, a win is a win. After that bowl game against Houston, I remember we were talking as a radio crew in the in the booth, and I said, it doesn't matter if it's 56 points or, or two points. You know, a win is a win. And I think you could use the reverse of that after the Rice game. Heck, a seven-point win, but you know what? Game one, got out of there with a victory. Let's move on to Michigan. Well, Rich Don Brown started talking about defending the Army attack back in spring practice, then into the summer. And I know some fans, Michigan fans, might be saying, why is he so worried about it? But, you know, this Army triple option offense is an absolute nightmare because you just don't see it enough. Oh, Don Brown, and I've, I've followed Don Brown for a long time, the accomplished big coach for what he did up at UMass. And you know, he's been around this offense, and he's been in enough places where I don't think he's going to be surprised by what Army brings to the table. But you bring up a good point of the preparation, and I think it's a there's a big difference between having a coach who knows it, who is going to be able to attack it, and then teaching that to the players. And I think, as you would know from, from covering Michigan, as I've known for you know, 15, 20 years, Don Brown is one of the best defensive coaches around. So I don't think Army's going to come up and surprise anyone. And I think for Don Brown, it just shows, and, and probably from his experience, how I read that, what, what you just said about spending all that time preparing, it's also Don Brown making it clear how much work needs to be done to defend this correctly. And, you know, if you work at something long enough, you're going to be able to be successful against it. And how I read that is he's saying to himself, hey, you know, if, if we're going to do well against this offense, we need to put in the time to prepare and do it. And not surprisingly, you know, setting the tone like that, talking about how much time he spent looking at Army. Well, if you watch college football from coast to coast now, the defenses are very active. They're coming. They're blitzing. It's just hyper and you cannot play hyper against this or this offense. You've got to play assignment football. Yeah, and it's funny. And it's funny you say that because really, it's and you hit it on the head. It's how defenses are taught today. Is you know, hey, this is what you have to do every play, every game. Yeah. For this one game, you've got to do the complete opposite. <laughs> yeah. You know, and not maybe not anticipate and and stay where you are. And it's uh, I tell you, that's that's what makes college football so great. And when yeah. you look at the the matchups and the. You know, whether you want to say, you know, Army's what a 20 plus point underdog on Saturday. I think what makes Tyler football awesome is, the, you know, those games within the game and the, the offensive styles and how you defend it and that, you know, hey, Army could come into, you know, Norman, Oklahoma and take Oklahoma to overtime. Mm-hmm. And Army can, can go to Michigan and, and have, you know, a lot of the nation really focused in on this game in a curiosity of, hey, well, well what's going to happen now when Army faces Michigan? And that's hey, that's the beauty of college football. Of course, that's why they, you know, lace them up and and get on the field on Saturdays. But uh, but that's just what one of the many things that make I think college football the greatest sport in the world. No, oh, I agree with you one hundred percent. And I think it's a lot of fun in my lifetime. I've seen uh, the Air Force Academy come into the big house a couple of times, even uh, the Naval Academy. I think just once in nineteen seventy six, the Navy came in, and of course, as I mentioned at the top, I was around in sixty two when we played Army, but have no memory of that game so it's going to be a lot of fun the weather's supposed to be great so looking forward to it our guest today on our visitors edition has been army radio play-by-play voice uh, rich demarco rich uh, thank you so much for your time and enjoy your day at the big house no i really appreciate it and uh, anytime and thanks for having me on and best of luck after saturday the rest <laughs> of the quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on the michigan man and in partnership with sb nation's maize and brew
On Quick Hits today, Michael Dwumfor and Donovan Jeter will play Saturday. According to defensive line coach John Nua, there was no word on whether John Runyon Jr. would be ready to go and no other injury updates. Here are some game day facts. This will be the 10th game between Michigan and Army. They lead the series 5-4. The first meeting was on October 13, 1945 in New York. Army won 28-7. The last meeting was way back in 1962 here in Ann Arbor, a 17-7 Michigan victory. Army is coached by Jeff Munkin, who is now in his sixth year at West Point. His record is 35-28. Last year was a great season for Army. They were 11-2 and finished the season ranked number 19 in the AP poll, number 20 in the coaches poll. They destroyed Houston 70-14 in the Armed Forces Bowl last year and they return five starters on offense, four on defense. As it stands now, we are in for another great weather day on Saturday. The weatherman says partly cloudy and mid-70s. It could be breezy, but it's going to be dry. So let's hope that forecast holds up. Dorian could impact even our weather up here this weekend. Thanks again to Army Radio Voice Rich DeMarco for being our guest today. I still find it hard to believe we have two buys this year, and the first one is next week. So we'll have just one show for you. Make sure you join me on our Michigan Game Day show Wednesday as we recap the Army game and see how we feel about this team after just two short weeks. That will do it for this week. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Think victory, everyone. Beat Army. Have a great Wolverine week, everyone. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, Go Blue! Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!